Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, today, I want to end, appropriately enough, with baptism. I believe baptism is one of probably the most misunderstood things in the local church. Depending on your denomination and affiliation, there are some people that literally they will pray to receive Christ and they will call a pastor and the pastor's like, sweet, meet me at the church house. I'll be there in five minutes. Because they believe that baptism is a part of the salvation experience, that in order to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you must be baptized. Because Scripture says, if anybody confesses with his mouth, believe in his heart, he shall be saved, and then be baptized. That, that's not exactly the whole truth. Again, that's a misunderstanding. There's nothing salvation linked to, to baptism. But I want to go back to, to Jesus and Jesus' baptism. Because I think if we can understand what Jesus was doing with his baptism, that it will help us to understand what baptism is about and not live in a spirit of being you know, misunderstood or misunderstanding his word. And so, excuse me, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke, Luke chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 7 through 18 here in just a minute. But let me kind of set the stage. Jesus has, has been born. We have the birth of Christ, and we have this amazing concept. And, and we know from Old Testament that there was going to be a predecessor to Jesus, somebody that was going to prepare the way is the word that's used. And this John the baptizer, who is a cousin of Jesus, is the one that, that leapt, leaped in his mother's womb when Jesus and Mary came in. And, and he is kind of setting the foundation of what's going to come. And then Jesus, before he goes into this aspect of, of the temptation in the wilderness and launching his ministry, he goes to this, this gentleman, this, this wilderness guy, this guy of, uh, of eating locusts and honey, and this John the baptizer, and he goes to him to be baptized. And we read in all the accounts in the gospel that when this happened, the, the clouds broke and, and a voice from heaven came and a dove descended and it said, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. And it makes me ask one simple question. Why did Jesus do that? Not only did Jesus go to John the baptizer to be baptized, but he also at the end, some of his last words in Matthew was go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's like, so, so why, is, why is baptism such a big deal? Why was it a big deal to Jesus? Why did he go to John the baptizer to be baptized? What, what's the message there? What, if it's not a part of salvation, if it's something that, that we do because it's something Jesus did, which, just for the record, we, if Jesus did it, that, that really is enough. If he set an example then that's really enough. You know, we can forgive people. Why? Because Jesus forgave us, so that's enough. We can go and hang out with people that may not be like us. Why? Because Jesus did it, and Jesus set an example, and that was enough. You know, Jesus was kind to people that even persecuted him, so we can be kind to people. Why? Because Jesus' example is enough. And so don't mishear me. If Jesus says to do it, and he set an example of doing it, that should be enough, but I want to help us to kind of understand you know, to understand the, the why. Because I think if we understand the why, then to be honest with you, some of you today came here and you didn't realize that today was going to be your day to be baptized. Now, some of you are sitting there immediately going, whew, I'm glad he's not talking to me because I've already done that. Hang with me. Because I think we misunderstand what baptism is about. So can I very simply, and then we're going to read God's word. Can I tell you 
the reason why Jesus was baptized. It wasn't because he needed something. It wasn't because he was lacking something. It wasn't because the father said, hey, uh, go to John the baptizer and be baptized. No, he did it for one simple reason. If you're taking notes, write this word down. Validation. Jesus' baptism was an act of validation. He was validating the message that John the baptizer was saying and sharing, and he was validating the messenger. And that aspect of validation is literally the root of why we are baptized. It's an aspect of validating a message and validating a messenger. So can I share with you what John the baptizer was preaching? It starts in verse 7. Now, the irony is, is I'm going to read some things, and for some of you, you're going to think that, oh, I, I remember Jesus talking about this. Like later on in Jesus' ministry, in his three years ministry, he used some of these exact same words. You would be correct because the message has never changed. The methods have changed, but the message has stayed the same. And that's what Jesus was aligning himself with. He was going to John the baptizer because he was wanting the people to know that this message that was being shared is the true message. And this messenger that was there, you can trust this messenger. So what was he sharing? Well, let's just read what God's word says. Starting in verse 7. He said, therefore, to the crowd that came out to be baptized by him. Now, this is John the baptizer. I don't say John the Baptist. Why? Because we live in, you know, southeast United States. And you say John the Baptist, and everybody's like, see there, John was a Baptist. <laughs> That's the reason why we should be Baptist. You're an idiot. That's not what that means. All right? I shouldn't say it like that. That is terrible. Lord, sorry. All right? John the baptizer, because he was baptizing people, okay? He was baptizing them by submersion, which is where the Greek word baptizo comes from. It literally, if you were to translate the Greek word baptizo, it means by submersion. If you want to know why there's a denomination called Baptist, it's because they baptize people by submersion. So they called them Baptists. There's a little history lesson for you. But I want to use the word John the baptizer. That's who is talking here. And listen to what he says to this crowd that's coming to be baptized by him. He says, you brood of vipers. Remember when Jesus talks to the Pharisees and the scribes and calls them a brood of vipers? Who warn you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Boy, it's amazing that the parallels that come up later on in Jesus' teaching, isn't it? He talks to these Pharisees and these scribes. And he calls them a brood of vipers. He talks about how they are like whitewashed tombs. Because on the outside they look great, but on the inside they hold dead bones. He talks about this aspect of being tied to the, the true vine and how other things are going to be cut off and that, and that we will know them by their fruits, talking about these aspects in the Sermon on the Mount about how you recognize false prophets. Because see, Jesus' whole life was, was taking the same message that he had aligned with that John the baptizer had preached beforehand. But what got really intriguing to me, because I think this is where we sit, is how the people responded to this message. 
Like we're in week seven of the, of the finale of this series called Misunderstood. And the greatest misunderstanding that you will have is that you think that today this is done. The reality is, is no, now today, what are we gonna do with it? Like we have talked about a lot of different things in God's word, so now how are you gonna handle that? Now that you know the truth and we've looked at some of the backgrounds and we've looked at what the Bible really says and what it means and we've not based it on our own feelings or thoughts because we believe the, it means what it means, so now what am I gonna do with it? Listen to what, I love this. this. This is probably my favorite part of today's message. I love how this, listen to what they said. And the crowd, talking to John the baptizer, asked him, what then shall we do? So, so there's a message that's going forth and there's people that are being baptized. They're, they're having a repentance heart and they're going, okay, this is awesome. This message is amazing. What you are sharing with me is correct. I am finding it in my spirit that this is the truth. And then they have this amazing question. So what do I do now? Like I can't listen to this message and just keep doing the things I've always done. Like, like you've brought this message. Now what do I do now? And, and listen to what John the baptizer says. And he answered them. Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Again, sounds like Jesus' teachings later on, doesn't it? Talking about the, the golden rule and loving thy neighbor as yourself and the aspect of sharing and generosity. Like you're going to see this whole message from John the Baptist here, John the Baptizer, verse 12. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And John the baptizer said to them, collect no more than you have authority to do. Because most tax collectors in that time were wealthy. Why? Because they made the rules. So you get upset. You know, a few weeks ago, it was April the 15th, right? Listen, we've been getting hammered by the government ever since the Old Testament. Next time, rather than sending in a check, just send this scripture in. Hey, don't take anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, Lord, it's going to be, I'm going to get in trouble today. All right. And then the teacher said to them, what shall we do? All right. And he said to them, collect no more than you have authority to do. That's where we were. And then verse 14, soldiers, soldiers asked him, what shall we do? And he, being John the baptizer, said, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations and be content with your wages. And, and listen to what starts the verse 15, just the very first part. And the people were in expectation. See, here, here's what I love about what was going on. There was a message being heard, a messenger that was proclaiming it correctly. The people were being moved to actions to do something different than they've ever done. They want to know, like, what should I actually do? And when they started doing this, all of a sudden, this spirit came on their life where they were living in a spirit of expectation. All of a sudden, they weren't just satisfied with what life has to offer. They were looking to see what was to come. And if you were to think about all the things that he said, whether it be to the crowd or to the, to the, the tax collectors or to the soldiers, very simply, all he was saying was, don't leverage your calling for your own benefit. Like every single person in this room has a calling in your life. 
Some have been called, whether it be engineering, some have been called to, to working with your hands, some have been called to using different things and teaching others, some have been called to, to I mean, it, it runs the gamut, right? We've got everything from truck drivers to teachers to, to pastors to, I mean, it, it runs the gamut. And what he's saying is one central theme. Don't leverage your life just for yourself. Don't leverage the gifts and the callings that I've given you so that you can get more and make somebody else have less. Now, let me chase a quick rabbit because we're in 2022 and I got to be real careful. All right, if I, if I cross the line, you know, I've got some people in the room just kind of give me the little signal like, okay, shut up, move forward. All right, this is not a socialistic statement. This is not you forfeiting your stuff so that people can have what you have despite what they're willing to give. What this is about is not abusing your calling and your purpose in your life to go from it being a calling and the abilities and the giftedness of God to being something that's about yourself and you benefiting. See, I know a lot of people that have an amazing gift from the Lord, but, but they're, they're at a ceiling. And they're at this ceiling because it's kind of like Moses' story. The reason why God called Moses to be his mouthpiece is because Moses stuttered. And so he knew that Moses could never take credit. Some of you are at a point in your life that you don't know how to kind of break through this ceiling. And what you're needing to understand is that, that it's not about you. That God has given you gifts and abilities and a mind and an amazing craft and some gifts. And whenever you start leveraging those for everybody else, all of a sudden you're going to see how God says, now I can use that and bless that. And in the process, not only does he use your life to have a legacy in other people's lives, but he also turns around and blesses your life. It's, 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 the, it's the coolest part of God's story. Whether it be your, your time, whether it be your talent, whether it be your treasure, whenever you start leveraging what God has given you to bless other people, God's like, now I like that. Let me give you some more. And you're like, well, I'm going to keep giving. He's like, well, oh, me too. Now, don't mishear me. I, this is my pet peeve. I, I hear people that'll tell a story about being generous, and they talk about God like he's Edward Jones or something. Oh, you can't outgive God. And I'll give a little bit, and he gives. Don't use that word again. That's not correct. God is not the greatest investing plan. God's already given you everything. The only reason why you don't have it all is because you're hoarding it for yourself. He wants to open up the floodgates. You say, whoo, there it is, Pastor. I want a new Cadillac. Don't use that word again. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is having favor and being blessed not prosperity and wealth. Now, you may end up finding your life being prosperous as a fruit of obedience, but that's not why we are obedient. You may end up finding yourself owning a Cadillac, and I tip my hat, great. 
But that's not why we do what God calls us to do. We do what God calls us to do because there's people that are dependent on you doing what you're supposed to do. And that's what John the baptizer was doing. He was ushering in the Savior of the world. And here's the purple smoke moment for me. And Jesus needed him to tell the story. Jesus needed somebody. Need may be a strong word. Jesus wanted somebody to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies and usher in the Messiah by sharing the message before the messenger was ever here. In fact, can I go to the last part of the scriptures? As the people were in expectation, this spirit of expectation, listen to what they said. And all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. And John the baptizer answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His fork is in his hand to, to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn. But the chaff, he will burn with an unquenchable fire. See, the, the amazing thing about the reason why Jesus went to be baptized is it was all about validating that John the baptizer was the right messenger sharing the right message. He wanted the people to know that not only was he who he said he was, Jesus gonna be the Messiah, but after he went to the cross, after he was crucified, after he was rose three days later, after he was taking his rightful place, at the right hand of the Father. He knew there would be a group of people, and he wanted those people to understand that he loves it when people validate the right message and the right messenger. In fact, what do we do with this misunderstood series? I think we get in a spirit of validation. We start validating the right message. We start validating the right messenger. We take Jesus' example and we align ourselves with the truth and we let other people know by our actions that this is where I stand. You say, well, Mickey, what? what? What's something we do like that? Well, I can give you two. 
One action that we do on a regular basis that validates the message and the messenger. We did it about three weeks ago. It's, it's called the Lord's Supper. See, we, we validate what it symbolizes. We do it in remembrance of him. And we share with people why we partake around this, this Lord's table. In fact, for a lot of you, you can probably remember when you were younger or you may have children that ask you questions when it's time to partake of the Lord's Supper. And they're like, well, I'd like to take some of that juice. I would like to get a piece of bread. And you're like, well, it actually means something a little bit different. And you start explaining why. And as you're explaining why, you're sharing the message and you're validating the messenger. But there's another. There's another aspect that we do on a regular basis that the church the church has perverted. We've made it to become something it's not. We throw up social media posts and we, we use this number as if it's some grandiosa, like my church is better than your church because we had 563 people baptized. Well, we, we just got done with, a, with an event and it was amazing. And, and we, we had 533 people baptized. In fact, there's, there's denominations that, that they turn in their reporting system. And one of the questions is, this last year, I want to know, how many people did you baptize? And I want to ask, is it really that big of a deal? Don't mishear me. Baptism's a huge deal. But is that the end-all to be-all metric that we use for the health of our church. We've baptized several people over the last five years. You say, how many? I don't know. Why? I, we, I mean, we keep up with it, but we, I, I don't, <laughs> like that's, that's not the motivation. In fact, I, I can tell you names of people that were baptized. And as I started listing the names, I could get really close to the amount of people that have been baptized because I can, I can remember the people. I don't, I don't remember the number, but I remember the people. I got, I got mental pictures in my head of some, some people that I've, I've been over here at this trough and I've, I've been a part of what's called a baptism. And it was an amazing moment. Like, I can remember that. But, but I, I can't remember a number. But I can, I can remember people. Because I think that's the, the misunderstood fact of baptism. It's not about how many are baptized. It's about the validation that happens in people's life when they are baptized. It's us validating them and telling them they're worth it. And it's them validating the message of Jesus and the messenger who was Jesus and saying, in Jesus, you are worth it. See, it's all, it's all about loving people and validation. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you another 
I, I, heard, I heard this story even this week. I can't remember who told it to me. It, my, mentally, I've been all over the place. About somebody that was like literally like struggling and trying to figure out and in, in their relationship and baptism and and and, and they called a, a pastor and and said you know hey I, I've been struggling with this I I want to know you know if, if I've accepted Christ or not and I want to make sure that that's right and I and I want to you know I want to do what's, what what I want to validate right I want to validate the message I I want to let the people know that I've received this message. Like, it's a validation. It's a public validation saying, I align with the messenger of Jesus, and I align with his message. I want to do that, but I, I'm struggling with doubt. I just, I just don't know that I know, and, and I want to know if you can help me know that. And this person said, well, and the pastor looked at them and said, well, you know what? When, when you know, you'll know. You said, what was your response to that? Try not to use that word anymore. See, here, here's the thing I want you to catch. If baptism doesn't save us, then why do we make it such a big deal trying to figure out something that happened 30 years ago? See, see, I, here's, here's my, okay? This, this is Mickey speaking. You do not have to receive this. This is Mickey's translation of God's word when it comes to salvation and baptism and the validation of the message and the messenger that we call baptism. So these are my words. I'm not concerned whether or not something was real or not real when you were 12. But I'm consumed with you right now. And I want to know you validate the message today. In fact, we'll make a commitment. We won't blow up social media. We won't start running a bunch of stuff that makes people get confused going, well, I thought you already had prayed. Oh, I don't know. I, just, I saw that you got. We won't do any of that. We'll let it be personal for you because we think you're worth it. You say, well, Mickey, how big of a deal is this? Well, yesterday we had an amazing golf tournament and had fun, and Forgy cheated and won. <laughs> if you've ever seen him play golf, you'll, he cheated. <laughs> and when I got done, I, I couldn't stop. Talked to my lovely bride, and she's like, what are you doing? You coming home? I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help G-Man move something, and I'm going to load up the baptism stuff, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the baptism stuff ready. I mean, I, I just like, I can't get to Sunday morning quick enough. Well, how many people you guys got being baptized? None. What? There ain't a single person on the list. Well, you going to set all that stuff up? Oh, man, because there may be one. And I want you to know, if that's you today, carrying this trough, man, it was worth it. Getting this stuff together, I, I was praying for you the whole day. Because I want you to know that I believe my number one calling 
is to validate yours. And I want you to know it ain't about trying to figure out if something's real or not real or where you're sitting or not sitting. I want you to know that baptism is about you today saying, you know what, I validate the message and the messenger. I validate today that Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He died on the cross and he saved me. You say, well, Mickey, what if I already did that? I mean, I don't want to, like, I can't be rebaptized. What idiot told you that lie? Sorry, I used the word again, didn't I? This is the reason why you don't want your children to hang out with me. I mean, don't mishear me. I don't want every time we have a baptism for us to line up like 250 people. But can I be honest with you? There's times in my life that I just have to sit down and say, Lord, I, I, just, I, just, I just want to validate your message and that you the messenger again. Like I'm not doing this because of something I'm lacking. I'm doing this because of something that I, that I won't need. Like, like is there ever a bad time to tell somebody, hey, I validate the message and the messenger? Like I don't understand how in the church we got so misunderstood and perverted what was baptism. You say, well, Mickey, biblically speaking, prove it. Well, was Jesus needing to be baptized to be God? Like was when he came out of the water, woohoo, now he's Jesus. Whoo, glad he settled that. Because those temptations would have been real tough in the next 40 days. Jesus didn't show up and get baptized because of something baptism was going to be for him. He showed up and was baptized because he wanted to validate the message and the messenger. And I want you to know, any time is a great time to validate the right message and the right messenger. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.